Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're continuing on in Joshua chapter 11 and looking at verses 12 and following. I'll read several of these verses and then stop to comment on them. Uh, We've already seen in chapter 11 the conquest of the northern arena. There's a coalition of kings in the north that come together and come out to battle against Joshua and the Israelites. The author says their numbers are as many as the sand on the seashore, but the Lord delivers them into the hand of Israel. The Lord has given complete credit for the conquest of the northern uh, area of Canaan. Now in verses 12 and following, we find out what happens to uh, the rest of the northern arena as Joshua continues to travel through and conquer its territory. Verse 12, And Joshua captured all the cities of these kings and all their kings, and he struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. However, Israel did not burn any cities that stood on their mounds except Hatzor alone, which Joshua burned. And all the spoil of these cities and the cattle the sons of Israel took as their plunder, but they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them. They left no one who breathed, just as the Lord had commanded Moses his servant, So Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So these verses are important because in verses 10 and 11, we saw last time that Joshua turned back after the conquest of the northern arena, the battle against the the kings and the northern coalition. Joshua turns back and takes the city of Hatzor. He strikes everyone dead in the city and burns down the city with fire. Then in verses 12 and following, Joshua continued to fight against the cities in the north, but he did not burn them down. We read very carefully, uh, very closely in verse 13. However, Israel did not burn any cities that stood on their mounds, or the Hebrew word is tell here, except Hatzor alone. This is significant because in the archaeology of Israel, as we're looking through the data, we should not be looking for or expecting to find evidence of burning in any of these northern cities except for the city of of Hatzor. Uh, And at this time, around 1400 uh, B.C., So Israel did not burn any of the cities that were on these tells. Now, a tell is just a a slightly raised mound. Uh, The people in ancient times would look to build a city on top of one of these mounds because it was an area of natural protection. It would be harder for uh, incoming people to conquer a city that was already raised up somewhat. And then once a site was developed 
Over time, there were sequences of abandonment or deterioration of walls. They were uh, or they were destroyed by conquering peoples. So walls would collapse, they would fall down, and instead of hauling all of the rubble away, they would simply trample it and build on top of it once again. And so you have layer upon layer building up as time goes on. And uh, today what we have in the land of Israel are these tells that uh, show us several layers of occupation as we excavate down uh, from the top down. So at uh, Hatzor, there is some evidence of uh, burning uh, by fire and the destruction at the time of Joshua. There are a couple different burn layers at Hatzor, and so there's some debate on uh, what exactly happened and which times the city was burnt down. Probably what's occurring is we have a destruction layer around 1400 uh, when Joshua came in and conquered the city and then an additional destruction of the city by fire a little bit later on during the period of the judges as recorded in the book of Judges. So here... Joshua is capturing all the cities in the north. He's utterly destroying them. And the author goes out of his way to say, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. Joshua was doing this to fulfill the word of the Lord that was spoken through Moses. Verse 14, And all the spoil of these cities and the cattle the sons of Israel took as their plunder, but they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them. They left no one who breathed. So the destruction is uh, final and total on the people in the northern arena. And then we have in verse 15, uh, the summary statement here. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. This is a demonstration of Joshua's faithfulness to the word of the Lord that came through Moses. Joshua was faithful to Moses, and Joshua was faithful to the Lord who had spoken these words through Moses. Now, verses 16 and following give us some additional areas where Joshua traveled. Verse 16, Thus Joshua took all the land, the hill country, and all the Negev, all that land of Goshen, the lowland, the Arabah, the hill country of Israel and its lowland from Mount Halak that rises toward Seir, even as far as Baal God in the valley of Lebanon at the foot of Mount Hermon. And he captured all their kings and struck them down and put them to death. Joshua waged war a long time with all these kings. There was not a city which made peace with the sons of Israel except the Hivites living in Gibeon. They took them all in battle, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts to meet Israel in battle in order that he might utterly destroy them and that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Well, this section gives us some insight into, again, why the Lord 
uh, is enacting this judgment on the land of Canaan, how it's viewed from God's perspective, and how exactly Joshua accomplished this. So in verses 16 and 17, the author talks about all the areas that Joshua had conquered. He presents the conquest as total and final. Joshua took all the land, the hill country, the Negev, the land of Goshen, the lowland, the Arabah, the hill country of Israel and its lowland from Mount Halak that rises towards Seir, even as far as Baal Gad and the valley of Lebanon at the foot of Mount Hermon. So essentially, north to south, east to west, the entirety of the land of Canaan, Joshua took and possessed. He captured all their kings and struck them down and put them to death. So the language that's used here in Joshua chapter 11 is extensive, expansive, total, and final. Now, we're going to find out as we continue to read in the book of Joshua that uh, this is Uh, really a generalization of Joshua and Israel's conquest of the land. They possessed the land in its entirety and drove out all of the people groups. However, there were pockets of resistance and peoples in many of these areas that remained. When we come into the period of the judges, the city of Hatzor in the north is going to very quickly be reoccupied by Canaanites, who will again be living there during the period of the judges. So I think what's going on at this point is we have the people of Israel sweeping through the land taking everything, taking possession of everything, driving all the peoples from their cities, uh, driving them out. Anyone who fights, they destroy. And then uh, what we have after this is the distribution of the land of Israel, where the individual tribes are to go to their territories, take possession of those territories, and continue to make sure that all the people of Canaan are driven out and cut off from the land. So it becomes the responsibility of the individual tribe to continue to possess the land. Joshua, in verse 18, waged war a long time. This was probably a total of six or seven years of conquest that they were taking possession of the land of Canaan. He again says, There was not a city which made peace with the sons of Israel except the Hivites living in Gibeon. They took them all in battle, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts. Now, what does this mean? The Lord hardens their hearts, the people of Canaan, so that they'll meet Israel in battle and that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them just as the Lord had commanded Moses. This, from our perspective, seems unfair and unjust that the Lord would harden the hearts of the people so that they would go out to meet Israel and fight against them so the Lord could use Israel to destroy them. However, we need to keep in mind once again that the Lord had given them time after time, opportunity after opportunity, over 400 years the Lord had been patient with the people of Canaan. 
giving them ample opportunity for them to repent from their sins. And now finally, he's enacting his judgment on them. And this is why he's hardening their hearts so that he might use it as an opportunity to completely cut them off from the land of Canaan. Now, verses 21 through 23 summarize and and give us a little more detail about what Joshua did. Then Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim, these are giants, from the hill country, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, and from all the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. There were no Anakim left in the land of the sons of Israel, only in Gaza, in Gath, in Ashdod, some remained. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to their divisions by their tribes. Thus the land had rest from war. So verses 22 and 20, 21 and 22 talk about the cutting off of these giants from the hill country. Remember, this was a big reason why the spies who Moses sent out did not want the people to go up and try to occupy the land because there were giants living in these cities. Well, Joshua particularly now has a campaign to go through and selectively pick out these giants and cut them off from the land so that there's not giant people remaining in the land of Israel. And this is going to be given a little more detail in chapters 13 and 14, so we'll wait until then to comment any further about it. Then in verse 23, we have the summary statement, Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. So the purpose here is to show the Lord is faithful to his word, Joshua gave this land as an inheritance to Israel. That's what the next series of chapters, chapter 13 and following, are going to show us. So the land had rest from war. It had been seven years of war, but now the Lord had brought the people of Israel in. He had allowed them to conquer the land, and now he was going to give them the land to live and dwell in it and give them rest from war. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.